Welcome to the Debbie Debate. All right, boys, are we ready to debate? Bruni, are you ready to go head to head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on, Alex. So, bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. It is first and goal. Ball spotted just inside the 10. Algier in. Wilson faked it to him and keeps it. Zach Wilson, the speed, and he dives for the end zone. Touchdown. That's Austin Nate. Gibbs, who is probably going to be the best pass catcher out of the three. Now. Down. He's going to get after it again. And look at the speed and the spark and the score from Gibbs. Just what Georgia Tech needed. That's Matt Bruning. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I waxed poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And it's got his field up. And watch out. Justin Fields. Hello, Columbus. 51 yards. Austin. You tweeted something, bro. You tweeted your running back ranking. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Ohio State fan talking there. Oh, shit. That is why you come to the Debbie debate. Apologies to Kirk Herbstreit. We ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin Nace, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. What's going on, everybody? Matt here. So if you guys typically watch us live on YouTube and or Twitch, you'll know that we tend to do a after show. It's usually where we just hang out. If we have guests, we'll hang out with our guests and just kind of talk football, life, all kinds of fun stories and everything. And then obviously, if it's just the three of us, as in me, Austin, and Felix, uh, we do the same thing. We'll talk about stuff that's happened during the week, different college football stuff we weren't able to get to on the show, uh, and just kind of have a little bit of fun talking behind the scenes. If you guys do watch on YouTube, we will talk to people who comment on there. Just It's more of a relaxed kind of hangout atmosphere. And Alan True, both out, sorry, both Alan True and Katie Flower were willing to stay behind and and talk with us a little bit on the after show. So usually we do not air these, uh, but when we did with Colin uh, and we held him, it was a pretty popular episode. And Alan was um, more than gracious to stay behind and also answer a lot of recruiting questions. Obviously, working for twenty four seven Sports, uh, there was a lot of questions we had for him and just how the recruiting process goes and everything. And he was willing to sit around for a little bit and talk to us. So we thought because the information was so much fun and Katie tells a, a very interesting story about her one time in Kalamazoo so we thought we would uh, share that with you guys so here is the After Hours Show Well hello Hi We're, we're still oh, we're still live is this does uh, does Matt cut it off later Yeah he cuts it Oh he oh. I think he already cut it like technically however he does it like it like stops so then we're just we're just on YouTube or something right now or so, I don't know how he does it but Sorry I got a new uh, name we're we're on YouTube and uh, and Twitch. We're not on uh, Twitter anymore. Katie, oh, okay. I love I love you. You you were amazing. <laughs> I was laughing the entire time. I, I thank you so much, Alan. I'm a little upset that you picked Zach Wilson, but I'll look past that for now because uh, I knew. I mean, somebody was going to be pissed one way or the other. Either Felix was going to disown you, or Matt was going to disown you. You know what? I can't even get mad at him because he picked Kyle McCord, and I have been talking about Kyle McCord forever now. And I sent Felix all kinds of bad text messages as soon as Alan <laughs> said that. <laughs> I also I realize now I I 
the show sheet, I don't know. I I somehow deleted letting you guys plug no, your own so stuff. If, I apologize. Uh, if you go real quick, uh, Alan and Katie, if you guys can do it, and I will put that in at the end of the podcast really quick because I can go in and, and uh, put it in after the fact. So if you guys really could just give uh, all your stuff and then I will plug that in at the end of the podcast before he cuts it out. <laughs> Sorry, you got to band-aid my hosting. Sure. So my name is Katie Flower, and you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Skylar 399. I am the diva of Debbie. If you have any questions at any time, feel free to hit me up on Twitter. I'd be happy to answer your questions. Also, you can find me on Under the Helmet on the weekly and premium podcast, as well as Off the Rails Dynasty podcast, um, semi-weekly. I'm at Alan True on Twitter, A-L-L-E-N-T-R-I-E-U. You can find all my work on 247sports.com. And I'm also open to questions on Twitter unless it's why is my son or nephew or somebody that I know not ranked higher. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Alan, I got to ask, how how do you guys – like? I mean, like you said, it's so easy to miss somebody. There's so many players. What is even the process to get started with a class? Like, how do you even whittle it down from, I don't know, 10,000 to a top a top 1,000 and then whittle it down even from there? Like, where do you go? What's that big first filter? So um, it's funny that you asked this question because today I was in meetings all day for us starting the 2023 class, which is high school sophomores. And so what you do, what we really do then is people always ask, like, do you guys rank off of offers? And I say, no, but that's the starting point. So the first thing we do is we look at like, who who are the kids that have the offers? And we watch them and we either decide, well, that's correct. He should have all those offers. Or sometimes we go, that looks like a guy that these schools may fall off of, or a guy that we're not really sure, you know, even though he's got these early offers that they should be way up there. So if we start there and then we have a team uh, that we basically have somebody in every single state, either a team guy or a regional analyst or somebody to then kind of fill in the cracks. So you, we usually go to them and say, you know, who's the top? It depends on the state. In Florida, you can go 100, 200 deep at this point. In some other states, we may hey, just give me the top 10 guys in your state. Wyoming. So we, yeah, something like that. Or maybe there's one guy in North Dakota. Um, we Do you have a scout in Vermont? Yeah, Carson Carson once made it so that like now it's like who give me somebody in North Dakota to look at just in case we we don't miss that guy again. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> from there we uh, we vet it by region and then by position. So this coming week, each one of our analysts has to take a position, and we have to watch basically every guy in the country at that position that has an offer or got put on the watch list by somebody on our staff. And it takes I mean it takes a couple I mean it's going to be a month long process. And then we kind of come back on Zooms and touch base every Wednesday to say, this is what I found, or these are the guys that I'm sometimes we'll watch a guy and go, I'm really not sure. And so we'll have the rest of the staff watch at that point. And then sometimes we we have a throwdown like like this debate here and we argue with, with each other and or, or other times we can you know nicely come to a consensus. So then, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess – the stars, you know, is there, you know, we make a big deal about the stars and obviously everyone loves the release when you're like, Oh, the five stars are coming out and you're tweeting it all out. I mean, is, is there a big debate within your, I mean, are people really like championing guys? I want this fifth star for this guy. Like, is it oh, get yeah. heated? Oh yeah. It gets a little bit, heated, especially the la- the very last, I mean, at this point, like 
we're not going to argue too hard over high school sophomores, but once you get towards the end of the cycle and then like, even right now, I don't know enough about all of these 2023 guys to make a case, but by the time they become seniors and usually this year it didn't happen, but usually our whole staff has just been at all the all-star games and all the practices and seen all those guys. And so then we can really, everybody's got plenty of ammunition for their viewpoint. Um, and, and so right, like right now we're really like collecting data too, is like, do we have track times on these guys? Do we have verified forties anywhere? Do we even have a verified height? Can we even be sure this guy is six foot? You know, right now that's where you're at. By the time these guys are seniors and that final release comes out, we know all that stuff. So that's when it really gets heated is because that's the, the last chance to get this right. And um, you know, it's, it's, you don't want to, you don't want to turn on the Super Bowl like we do sometimes and see like, oh, all these two stars are playing and we're, like, we're all reminding, we're all texting each other. Like who, which one of you missed that one? You know, <laughs> so you want to get those right for the last time there. All right. So I got a question from Felix. He's in the middle of recording another podcast. So he, he posted these in here. He wants to know, Alan, who uh, do you think should be the next hire at that team up North and why it should be Joe Brady? <laughs> Oh, Brady is good. Um, the next hire. I will throw, you know, since we've been going deep sleeper here tonight, I will throw a really kind of deep sleeper your way. Uh, Harold Goodwin, who is with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers currently, played at Michigan, coached at Michigan for a time, has all these NFL ties. Uh, I think that the combination of him having the NFL success and having coached in the Super Bowl now, having coached Tom Brady, you know, and being an alum at Michigan, they haven't gone outside the uh, Michigan man tree too often. That's why he's, he's a name that I would maybe throw out there that maybe a lot of people don't talk about. Uh, I do want to ask your story about Kalamazoo, Katie, but I want to ask Alan one question real quick. How how difficult has it been for you guys this past year? And I assume right now as well with COVID and everything, are you guys still able to get out and go see these players in person? Like I know I live in Texas as Katie does, and I'm sure she can tell you the same thing I I will. Uh, Texas doesn't seem to really believe COVID exists, uh, so they still have been playing games and all this stuff. Like how difficult it is, is it for you guys to kind of scout these? players and everything with all of the limitations going on in, in the world right now. Yeah, it was difficult at first. I think we've reached a point where we kind of know what we're doing for a while. It was like, if you're flying into this state, what do you have? Yeah, every state has different protocols. So that was a difficult thing. Once we started crossing state lines and some people had to come back and you had to quarantine after you got back from a certain state. So some of that stuff was like nightmares, but we still saw a lot of kids. I think where it got hard for us is when we were debating like at the end of the cycle for instance our number one quarterback was pretty set but then after that you had a group of guys where like three of those guys didn't play as seniors so then it was like what do we do with these guys we have nothing new to go on yet the guys behind them have played and played well there was a pretty heated debate about what to do with the quarterbacks particularly we had drake may and sam heward who didn't play as seniors and were up there as five stars all right, Katie, I got to hear this Kalamazoo story. It's I know nothing, Felix is listening too, so. It's nothing at all to do with football. That's all right. Even better. Yeah, even better. <laughs> all right, so I was dating and engaged to a professional pool player back in the 90s, and we drove from our house in Columbia, South Carolina, up to Col um, Kalamazoo, Michigan for a pool tournament, and 
he had been such a jerk throughout the entire trip and I ended up leaving him. I had zero money, but the guy that was at the pool tournament gave me $20 so that I could take a bus to my sister's in Illinois, um, just north of Chicago. And then from there, I borrowed money from my dad to get money to go back to South Carolina, pack my stuff and move back to Vermont. But it was in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and it was a pool tournament. I can't remember the the place, but it was a pretty significant professional pool tournament. It was just kind of funny. What's that movie? Is it Color of Money or something? And he was in that. He was actually in that movie. Wow. What? He was in that movie. No way. For real. He he was the guy that taught Paul... uh, Tom Cruise and the others how to play pool enough to make it look like they knew what they were doing for the scenes. And then he was also a gambler in the movie. Um, he had just a very bit part. He he got to order the drambouille on the rocks. That's amazing. I love that. That's great. That's a good movie. Awesome. Yeah. Did you have any questions? I feel like we always skip or you always just sit there so quietly. I, ju- I just soak it all in. You know, I sit here quietly and, and you know, just you know, got to learn. You you got to know your opponent better than yourself, or whatever. Isn't that what they say? So uh, that is what, that's what I'm say. doing. Well, if Austin's um, not going to say it, I will. Oh yeah, Alfred just texted me. He didn't want to take the heat for asking what's up with Caleb Williams because I think the <laughs> you know a lot of people don't uh, you know we like the the people that do this like in the fantasy circles don't really like Caleb Williams that much. Yeah, and that's that's a guy that was polarizing within our staff. Not everybody on our staff thought he should be. Number one, um, I will say this when they were all side by side and I was down there in Orlando when all the quarterbacks, the top quarterbacks were thrown side by side. He was the best in that setting. Um, I think we kind of that did a little bit of a tougher evaluation on him, too, because um, I don't think he quite had the I don't want to say the upbringing, but like he didn't have as much like private quarterback tutoring and all this stuff. And that's, we talked about where it's difficult to evaluate quarterbacks and that stuff gets really tough at the high school level. If a Hmm. kid happens to have live somewhere where he can train or this family has the means to train and other kids don't, or just don't have the time because they play other sports or whatever, you end up, we've ended up, ended up overrating a lot of guys who are a little more polished because of that. And I think with Caleb, we saw the upside because of his arm, but um, I, he's not a guy that I would say like over the years, our number one quarterbacks, obviously like Trevor Lawrence, you felt really good about it. I don't think we quite have the same level of confidence with putting Caleb number one, but um, I think he, he kind of still won the, he won the vote at the end of the day. And like I said, it was hard because the two guys who were nipping at his heels, didn't play as seniors. So we weren't really in a position to, to move those guys. Very interesting. Yeah. I like that. Hey, uh, go ahead. Tamori and Terry was a three-star and a lot of that was, he was working on the farm. He never went to the camps. He had a lot of dripping upside, but he wasn't as well known as some of the other prospects I'm sure. And that's because he never got to attend the camps and, and get out there. I think uh, Demarcus Robinson, who went to Florida, carved out a nice little collegiate career, and now is obviously stuck on the world champion Kansas City Chiefs for a number of years, was a similar thing. He grew up in kind of nowhere, Georgia. Uh, I think he was, he ended up a four star, I believe, but he was like one of those guys who was like no camps. 
you know, didn't get to travel around and showcase everything. Um, I always wonder about that. You know, how much do camps? I mean, this is okay. Another good question. How much does camps and being able to go see these guys in person? Granted, it's on air, basically. But, you know, how much does the camps attending the camps, you know, seeing that face over and over and over again, either consciously or even subconsciously, you know, make people feel better about ranking them higher? And I think sometimes it can go the other way too, where you see a guy so much that you over-evaluate them, where if you don't, or if you're just watching, like if I'm just watching a kid's highlight tape, I'm only seeing his best. But if another kid is showing up and we're watching all of these reps at every camera, watching every ball he throws, we're going to see some hit the ground. And so some we try not to let it bias us too much one way or the other. Um, and I know that there's the perception out there that if kids don't attend camps and they won't get ranked as high, but that's not necessarily true. Um, it, the camps help us when there's something that we feel is missing from the high school tape, something that we can't see. Um, for instance, if a kid is just playing quarterback in his high school because he's the best athlete, so they put him there, but he's going to play something else. The camps allow us to see, well, what does that guy's ball skills look like? What, is, what does he look like when he's you know, changing directions and doing things other than taking a snap and throwing the football? Um, we mentioned the, the difficulty in figuring out what the level of competition is like and finding like a balance and camps allow you to see these guys side by side. And even though it is on air and it is shorts and t-shirts, you at least kind of see like, does this guy physically belong with this group? Is he competing with this group? But, but I do think that that is difficult. Um, Like if you, I think if you look over the years at basketball recruiting rankings, they're way more accurate than football. And I would never let our basketball guys hear me say that, but it's because when they're going around in the summer and they're watching AAU, I mean, they're watching games, they're watching them play. They actually, they're not watching shooting drills and trying to rank guys off of that. We are basically doing that. So um, I think over the years we've, we've figured out like what matters and what doesn't, but uh, sometimes I think you can be, you can be fooled a little bit by the, the camp setting. Yeah. And baseball actually the same way. I mean, you can see live, live pitcher versus hitter in baseball as well. Uh, and you know, football is the only one you can't really get live. Even the, you know, even the, the all-star game, you know, weeks are, it's not, it's not live. It's not like truly full speed. Right. No. And I mean, they go, they go, uh, they do a lot of one. It's almost like when you watch senior bowl practice, it's kind of like, it's very similarly structured to that. Um, but then in those cases, like those, those guys have been prepping for the senior bowl the high school kids. Sometimes their high school, if they didn't, team didn't make the playoffs they haven't played football since november they've moved on to some of those kids play basketball and they come back just to play so you never really know what that kid's been doing some of those kids sit around and eat over the holidays too so you're like you don't really know what you're getting by the time they show up to one of those things man who's uh who's an underrated uh 2022 wide receiver who's someone we should be looking at that maybe we're not talking about He's a four-star, but I would say right in my neck of the woods, Antonio Gates Jr. That's going to be a name a lot of people recognize. Yeah. Oh. He's coming up the pipe. And he, you know, like I said, he's a four-star, but he's not a high four-star. So unless you're really, like, digging into the, that list, maybe that's not a, game, a name you've come across. That um, guy right there, right below me. Yeah. That dude's, like, going through, like, two stars and everything. <laughs> I can. I really appreciate people who do that. I mean, it helps. It helps keep this roof over my head, people who are digging that deep. So, uh, no, but he's he's a really good prospect, about 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, um, not going to be a tight end like his, like his dad, but he's definitely passed down some 
some pretty good genes there. You said he's he's going to play receiver. Yeah, he's about one ninety. He's a big kid, but not not so big that he's going to outgrow a wide receiver. You have a basketball background like his dad. They're going to talk about well, that during every, uh, every game. <laughs> I don't yeah, care he unless he has a basketball background. Basketball. I don't think he plays basketball, so maybe he didn't want to have to do the uh, whole whole like go play Mac basketball and turn around and come back and try to make the NFL. It's just going to take the direct football route. That's fair enough. Sorry, I'm replying to Felix. Yeah, Felix didn't apparently hear us ask that question. He's he's really on us. He's like, ask him who Michigan's next coach is going to be. We're like, dude, we asked like 20 <laughs> minutes ago. I don't know where you were, but. Uh, so, okay, we got a question from yeah. the audience here. FF Boz wants to know. Boz is a good it, friend of the show. Oh, yeah, definitely friend of the show. Uh, is there a player in this class you personally, Alan, were pushing to be higher that you got shut down? I don't know if I really got shut down. We just couldn't find couldn't find room. I really I loved this guy named Trevin Wallace um, out of Georgia. I think was committed to Boston College at the time and ended up switching linebacker going to Kentucky. Yeah, linebacker, extremely athletic. Um, and we just honestly we couldn't find room. He was he was like about to make it, and then Donovan Edwards went on this huge tear at the end of the year and and Donovan Edwards was not a sure thing to make it, but then we were like, uh, he should make it like off of what he did. But, but before all that started, it was like the last, we were down to like the last five spots. And I think we had about 12 guys that we all liked. And Trevor you talking about making guy. the five star cutoff. Yeah. Yeah. 32 okay. is the five star cutoff for us. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. I was about to ask that. So is there a set number or is there, it just some, some years you may have, more five stars in some years you may have less whoever is worthy 32 is is the always going to be the cutoff for five because of 32 first rounders so we just made it poorly instead of like just you drawing an arbitrary line when i was at scout it was at 50 and people used to say well that's too many and why is it 50 and we we didn't really have an answer so at least 32 it correlates to something um the four stars don't cut off anywhere though we just try to not go crazy because i mean it would be easy to try to think like we can stack them. let's just make everybody a four star you know and, and yeah. we can say we we're right about everybody so we just try to not go crazy on those and, and cut those off at some point i always thought scout was too too generous so that makes sense we were but then at the end of the day i i still there were like i don't know if this is even documented anywhere but scout was the only service that had mahomes as a four so I think some mm, of claim to fame helped us. I think we were the only ones that had uh, we were the only ones that had Devontae Parker as a four when he went in the first round. Uh, Darren Lee Scout was the only one. So we've we've had a couple good hits, and and uh, maybe the extra padding helped us out a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, I mean you can't be wrong if everyone's a five star. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's we 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 have to cut off three stars too because that's the real temptation on our team is like. Every guy that signs with a power five school, let's make them a three star. Every guy that we like that's going to a G5 school, let's make them, you know, at some point it's like we got to cut something off. That's a huge debate within our staff. Of It's like, where do you draw the line between three and two? That's almost more difficult than drawing the line between five and four or four and three. Hmm. Yeah, I've noticed. I mean, the three stars seem kind of endless. I mean, I'm sure you can get to the twos, but I, you've, I'm sure you've increased the amount of scouting and ranked players and the players you know stuff about over the last decade. Yeah, that I mean, that's really the difficulty of it is we do know so much more about him. We see him so much more um, 
like for instance the like the watt brothers we're gonna like that's one that fame they're, they're the most famous like jj watt was a two-star like i'm not sure anybody on our any recruiting site staff ever saw jj watt in person and you were also at the mercy of that time at that time of will this kid in Pewaukee, Wisconsin, put a DVD in the mail and send it to you so you could see him. There was no huddle. Wow. There was no anything. Now we can really, like I remember, so Jalen Smith's older brother, Rod, it was like when I got his t DVD in the mail, it was like a Christmas, it was like a Christmas present. I was like, we're finally going to get to see this guy that we've heard so much stuff about. Can't rank him because we don't know anything about him. Um, and it was so, I was so happy that somebody finally mailed me the DVD. Now, we watch so many more guys that it's 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 almost like how do you talk yourself out of and they're all the best players at the high school so it's like how do you talk yourself out of not liking two thousand guys you can make a case for all of these guys if you watch if you watch the right couple plays you know yeah how uh, how, how long have you been at two four seven so I've been with two four seven bought scout like four or five years I think it was almost five years ago now so but I've been with the company that has become merged in with 24 seven for, this is like 15, 16 years. I think I started my freshman year of college. I was interning. How, how much has it changed from then to now? Cause like I, so Austin, I know has been like paying attention to this stuff a lot longer than I have. I've only been like really paying attention to two, four, seven for probably the last four or five years. So, and, and I mean, Austin digs, like I said, he digs much deeper into it than I do. At some point I'm just like, I got to stop. Austin will bring up like two stars and all this stuff. Him and Colin, uh, they, they do an amazing job with that stuff. Like how, how much has that changed though? I know you're just talking about the DVD stuff, like has fantasy or just how much more we seem to value college football changed for you guys and the way you're able to scout. And do you guys see a difference in that? Yeah. I mean, it's so much bigger than I ever thought it would. Um, like when I told my parents, I was not going to go to law school and I was going to write about college football on the internet. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? They're like, nobody would ever have thought that it would have gotten to this point. And I was a draft junkie well before that. So I actually remember when the draft was kind of this underground thing. And then all of a sudden now there's like red carpets and they're talking about bringing guys in on boats and whatnot. And like, you know, the, the same things kind of happened with recruiting and it's really helped us. I mean, we're so much more visible and, so we're able to track down so much more um, information and people are willing to send us things. Like I said, throughout the pandemic, um, if we needed something, kids were self-shooting workout videos and sending them to us. And so I think the amount of information we have and the number of eyeballs that is following it, it's, um, it's, it's so much bigger than I ever expected. Now, from that standpoint, we have to try to not let that influences too much because there's so many more fans telling us like hey you guys are wrong about this why aren't you looking at this why you know and we have to try not to let that influence us too much even to the from the standpoint of like the kids now are so interactive with us why am i not ranked higher i beat this guy in a game i can send you a clip of me against this guy in a camp i should be higher than him uh you know that's there's, that, that's going on behind the scenes all the time uh, and so not not that didn't used to happen when i started that never happened so that's something that we have to deal with and, and try to, um, like I said, not not let ourselves get pulled in certain directions because certain people are more interactive with us than others. Well, you definitely took the right route, you know, skipping the law school for the Internet writing, because I did the law school and now I'd rather do the Internet writing. So I think uh, I think you made a good choice there on that one. 
My wife's a paralegal and she tells me every day when I'm working from home and she's leaving the house, she's like, you, you did the right thing. So I appreciate the extra backup there too, though. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to hop off here soon. Um, yeah, same deal for me. It's almost 11 here and I've got, I've got two kids and myself, so I know they're going to be up early. Oh boy. Yeah. I just had to go take care of one who woke up and was crying. I can yeah. hear upstairs. I really think I heard my wife upstairs going and walking into our daughter's room. You can hear them scattering around like little mice. Yeah. So I, I think, but I, I think I got the bed to myself now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's somewhat good. Yeah, we can, we can end it. My kids are running around. My wife's about to be home any minute. She's going to murder me when she sees that our kids are still up. So <laughs> I, I, I have. Intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25, and Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State national champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws end zone, touchdown, touchdown Alabama, Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama. And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years. Their 17th overall. And for Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks to the end zone. Hunter and Bell caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro. And Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill, just in front of his end zone, has a man out there. It is Ranger, and he's off to the races. Nobody will catch him. Freshman. Made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry. He'll add to that. Goodbye. Touchdown, Ohio State. From 52 yards.